How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 74 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today we are brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. And uh, usually I tell you to enter code Locked On, but uh, during the ads, I will tell you that uh, they got other stuff going on. So BuiltBar.com got it going on. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the A's uh, looking to buy the other half of the Coliseum site, and then uh, the potential worst-case scenario for baseball, uh, specifically in Oakland, over the next couple of years. So uh, if you want a downer, I got you covered. Um, this might even be a whole week thing, so uh, you're, you're not going to want to miss uh, where this starts, and that's going to be in the second half of this episode. But first, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And you can also email us any questions that you may have or just uh, tell me that I'm doing a great job. That also works. You can do that at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's all the news and all that stuff. So, yeah, let's get into what happened with the A's. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, Oakland City Council has voted to start negotiations with the A's on the sale of their half of the Coliseum sites. Uh, which would give the A's full ownership of the Coliseum site. Uh, the A's bought the half that they currently own from the city uh, over the course of the winter, and uh, it was roughly $84 million. So the city is looking to get a deal similar to that. Uh, so $84 million over the course of some number of unspecified years. They did not know uh, how, how long the deal would last. Um, but yeah, that is what the plan is, according to the Chronicle. Um, and, you know, obviously there's good news and there's a uh, me shaking my fist at the sky for other things, which I'll get into here in a second. But uh, basically, this is fairly good news uh, if you're an A's fan, because this mean well, so the, the main plan is to still build at Howard Terminal and then convert the Coliseum site into housing and parks and, you know, some sort of a revenue generating thing there. Um, I don't know if they tear down the arena that the Warriors used to play at. Because uh, that seems like a moneymaker. You, you get your motocross over there if you want to, or your monster trucks. I think the motocross goes at the, the Coliseum, and then the monster trucks go at the arena. It doesn't matter. You can also have uh, you know vent, uh, concerts and stuff at the arena. Those are moneymakers, I assume. Um, I mean, that's why they do it. Um, yeah, that'd be great. I, I would love to you know have the A's have a second sort of, of income from like concerts and stuff over there. You could probably also have concerts over at you know, a Howard Terminal ballpark as well. But uh, that that's for like certain big bands. You can get, you know, Arctic Monkeys, just pulling one that I've actually seen at the uh, at the arena. You can have like them play at the arena, but you need like a Dave Matthews band or like a Metallica or, you know, somebody who can sell some seats over at, a col- at you know, the new Coliseum. Let's just call it that. Uh, so there, there's a size difference where you can, get like those mid-tier uh, contract acts to the arena. And that's a, uh, that. but of course, if, uh, if Howard terminal does fall apart and the A's are left with uh, no other options, then they can also build, uh, they said in parking lot B, I believe is where they would build the second Coliseum at the Coliseum site. Um, and then you can, you know, go around from there and tear down the Coliseum and build a park like they want to uh, with the actual baseball diamond, which I think is a lovely idea. Um, I would really like to see that happen and all that and, you know, maybe run those bases myself as a 35-year-old man. Um, yeah, so that there there's definitely good coming from this bit of news uh, in terms of keeping the A's in Oakland and, you know, hopefully building up the community a little bit. Uh, that, that would all be fantastic. 
But that all being said, I do have to voice a little bit of uh, displeasure here with Mr. John Fisher yet again. Um, so because of COVID-19, uh, the city of Oakland is running at a deficit right now. They're, you know, not making nearly as much money as they would be. Uh, and so that's why this other half of land is up for sale. Someone from the city is uh, quoted in the article on the Chronicle website as saying that the maintenance of the site for, you know, the, just the city's half would cost $6 million. So not only do they not have money, you know, in general uh, in the city right now because of COVID-19, but they'd have to be shelling out $6 million. They didn't say over what period of time, so I'm going to say that's a year. Uh, just to maintain this thing that they're not really using. So it would make sense for them to, you know, obviously sell it to the A's and make money on that land as opposed to lose money. Um, but in true John Fisher fashion, he didn't want to pay minor leaguers $1 million to, you know, do the right thing, which he got guilted into doing anyways. Uh, but then this business deal comes along and he's like, hey, I got money for that. It's 84, time, 84 85 times the amount that it would have cost to, you know, provide... Not even barely living wages for his minor leaguers. People in his employ already. And uh, yeah, he was like, yeah, I don't want to do that one. But this piece of land, I can do something with that. And then spend more money on that. So uh, that just sits the wrong way with me. I'm sorry. I really want him to go away at this point. He needs to stop doing anything. Sure, I'd love to see the A stay in Oakland. But uh, do you have to do it during a pandemic when we might not even have a baseball season because of the pandemic? That's my small takeaway from all that. Um, is it good news? Yeah. Does it come with a little bit? And I know that, you know, business deals happen like this all the time. We just don't usually see them because we're very distracted by things all the time. But guess what, John Fisher? We're not distracted anymore. One, because of everything that's going on in the world. And two, because of everything that's going on in the world. So basically, we have the time because of COVID. And uh, we're paying attention more because of uh, civil rights. So you pick the bad time to just start, you know, keep going along business as usual you gotta step up to the plate at this point uh that's a baseball pun didn't mean to do that so on that note we're gonna get into some ads and then i'll tell you guys about the worst case scenario for baseball uh in oakland at least so i mentioned built bar at the beginning of this episode but uh right now built bar is doing 50 percent off of boxes to clear out some inventory for some fresh new flavors so if there's a flavor that you have gotten from built bar that you enjoy now is the time to take advantage of that their boxes are 18.90 per box and there are 18 bars in these boxes it's just a little bit over a dollar a bar. That's a great deal for the amount of protein you get. These are protein bars that taste like candy bars. I mean, it, it's a great deal. Take advantage of it by going to BuiltBar.com and uh, just, you know, shop around. You get 50% off. You don't even need our lockdown code right now. That's the better deal. Just go to the website. Poke around. See what you like. Also, uh, this is straight from their website. And they are donating uh, the profits from 8 million bars two organizations that are helping the communities that they serve. So uh, this is straight from the website. We have listened. It's time to make a change. Bill Bar will be introducing a new and improved bar. The bar that you have always loved is about to get even better. We have an opportunity to do something more. 100% of the profits from the remaining 8 million bars will be donated to organizations that support education, poverty, equality, and ending of racism. Let's make a change together. And uh, they also have what those organizations are. And uh, one of the organizations that I've heard a lot about recently is Black Girls Who Code. And that is an organization whose mission uh, it 
The mission statement basically centers around providing girls of color with educational tools and resources to become the tech moguls of tomorrow. Coding's where it's at. I mean, you can get a legit job with if you know how to code. So that's a cool organization for sure. Uh, check them out. Also, uh, the other ones that they have are uh, Pretty Brown Girl. It is an organization dedicated to empower girls of color through education and self-acceptance by cultivating social, emotional, and intellectual well-being. They also are donating the 512 Common Ground Foundation uh, and the Innocence Project. So uh, if any of those are organizations that you've heard of or you enjoy, go to BuiltBar.com, help them support, and then uh, get some protein bars for yourself. We're also brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been around for a little while. And uh, basically, their whole gist is, uh, if you hate going to car parts stores, and who doesn't, uh, this rockauto.com, it's on online, so you can go to their website from your phone if you want to. Basically, it's power in your pocket is uh, what I'm coming up with. And uh, the power of choice is in your pocket. Anyways, um, yeah, so you can go to rockauto.com, pick whatever uh, manufacturer of the car parts you want, the makes and models. You got one of those cars that has all those uh, special parts that you need to go to like specialty stores for. Uh, you don't need to drive around looking for who has those parts or who can order those parts. Rockauto.com, they got those parts. You can get them. You can find the uh, the best deals on them. You can shop around yourself. You don't need to have some guy uh, go click, click, click uh, on his own computer. You can do it on your phone if you want to. Be like, hey, check this out. Mr. Customer Service Representative, I've got a better deal, and it's the brand that I like. So uh, if that's all something that interests you, go to rockauto.com, and when they ask uh, how you heard about us, just write in the code locked on and uh, let them know that we sent you. Rockauto.com has amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, it's time to uh, end this podcast to start the week on a downer. So uh, let's get into it. Basically, I, I had this thought going through my head when I couldn't sleep last night, and it was, uh, hey, this is a realistic series of events that could happen. They're going to have big consequences on the A's, and uh, their their plan's moving forward, and it's something that we've seen before, so it's not necessarily out of the realm of possibility. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see if it comes to fruition. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully the purchase or the pending purchase or negotiations for the purchase of the second half of the Coliseum territory uh, does something to make this not a reality but as of right now the second half of the coliseum is just a negotiation and uh, as we've seen from baseball this uh, last few months uh, negotiations are tough and uh yeah and even if they get the land who's to say that uh, there will be a ballpark in the 2023 time frame uh, i'm guessing that it's 2024 2025 at this point there's no certainty that the ballpark's going to be coming anytime soon with everything that's going on in the world. So that's where I'm coming from when I start down this uh, this long, sorrowful road. So basically my first thought that I started with was uh, if there is baseball this season, that's a big if, uh, it's either going to be the players accepting the 60-game proposal at full prorated salaries, or uh, they're going to decline that offer a second time and uh, just make the commissioner say, hey, we're going to play 48 games or you know 52 games or whatever – the commissioner Manfred decides to say. So uh, those are the, the two options of, you know, playing baseball. But then there's a very real case scenario where COVID-19 just starts ravaging baseball facilities. As we've seen, uh, there was a report earlier on Sunday that said that 10 camps have been affected by coronavirus. That is one third of the camps that have been affected by coronavirus. And uh, 
I mean, if you, if you look at that, that's a, and there's been like 40 people, I believe that have been staff and players have been affected by this already. And this is without, you know, even really getting going. That's 40 people in one third of the spots that you're hoping to, you know, start training uh, for spring training and stuff like that. So we already know that there's going to be a big deep clean going on over the next couple of weeks before players can report and all that stuff. But I mean, legit, it's, they're not even trying to put on a baseball season yet. And already there's outbreaks. And uh, I think that there's a very real case scenario where uh, the season just gets shut down before, you know, either they play a couple of games and they're like, you know, there's too many people testing positive for coronavirus at this point. There's no way we can have a season in good faith right now. So uh, then they shut it down or they shut it down before the season gets going. So there's a very real possibility, almost a likelihood that there will not be baseball in 2020 and maybe not even like basketball in 2020. It's not going well for uh, all the plans that have been in place right now across all of the sports, really. So, I mean, soccer's doing just fine uh, from what I hear, but uh, I also don't pay attention to soccer as much uh, in the news cycle. So, I mean, there could be breakouts, but they're still going forward. I don't know. But, like, the NHL is still trying to figure out where their bubble cities are going to be, the NBA, uh, because Florida is a dumpster fire. Uh, They're having a hard time, you know, justifying doing all their stuff. And uh, the NFL doesn't matter yet because they got a few more months. But uh, so if you extrapolate, you know, just the, the outbreaks that are going on right now into, uh, I mean, we're still on the first wave of coronavirus and uh, they're still predicting a second wave to come in the fall. So, I mean, if, if this even if our numbers go down, they're still expected to be another hit in the fall which means that we could be looking at the same thing for baseball next year. I mean, it's not too far-fetched to be thinking of, you know, this could last until we get a vaccine, and that's probably not, I mean, the rough estimate is like December of 2021 is vaccine time. So uh, I don't know that we're going to be seeing much sports being played in the way that we're used to seeing them up until that point, especially with fans involved. Uh, This is just getting players on the field, let alone anything else. So with that all being said... I have to bring up Matt Chapman because, uh, I mean, I, I'm wearing my, my Matt Chapman shirt right now. He is my favorite player on the baseball team. But, I mean, if, if you hear Matt Chapman and, you know, this isn't going to be a fun podcast, you kind of know where this is going at this point if you're an A's fan. But uh, here's where this is all going. So if there's no baseball this year and potentially a shortened season or little baseball next year or no baseball next year or something to the effect of the season being impacted next year, uh, here here's... Just some food for thought. Matt Chapman is currently 27, and there's no guarantee that we're going to be seeing a full season from him until he's 29. So, and we know that, like, with uh, free agents and stuff like that, once you hit, like, 30, 31, you're not looking, you know, like a prized uh, player anymore. Uh, People don't want to... Teams don't want to shell out as much money for players after they're 30, and, you know, players start to decline, and we're missing his prime right now. Which is just a disservice to the game of baseball, if you ask me. But, uh, so yeah, we, we would not, there's a good potential that we would not see him until his age 29 season in uh, 2022. And uh, by that point, he'd have three more years of team control, which uh, is plenty of time if you're going for a championship. But he'd also be two years older and not have played as much to work on you know these little things that, you know, he needs to fix to become one of the truly elite uh, players in baseball. So... I mean, do you want to roll that dice? I mean, obviously, I want to roll the dice. But uh, as we've seen with John Fisher, 
in the past and this winter and all of that stuff. He's trying to cut costs where he can. And with Chapman about to enter arbitration, you know, and starting next season at least, um, and if we're not going to see him, then, you know, whenever we see him again, he'll be in arbitration, which means he's going to cost more money than, you know, major league minimum. So with all of that taking place, there's a chance that John Fisher could mandate that the front office trades Matt Chapman while he's still ultra valuable in order to try and retool on a cheaper. I mean, we're talking about a couple million dollars at this point for, you know, the first year of arbitration, it wouldn't be a huge sum of money, but he could be thinking down the line where he's going to be kind of like a, you know, Josh Donaldson, obviously. So with the Donaldson example, obviously, and, uh, it, and everything else that I've mentioned just now, it's not difficult to imagine with a ballpark delay and lost revenue due to COVID-19 that, you know, John Fisher is going to try and limit his expenses. And Chapman is a Boris client, and he is going to be probably the highest paid player if they keep him through arbitration. So uh, he would be the biggest expense on John Fisher's docket. And uh, if they want to trade him for, you know, a top prospect in the next year or two, that, that might be something that they try. I, is it something that any of us want to see? Uh, hell no. But you could see them making the case for it where he's going to be a you know 30-year-old player or a 29-year-old player. And uh, their window for contention is only so big. And this would open the window a little bit longer because you get somebody that's younger and all that stuff. Um, so sorry to bum you out. So hopefully this doesn't come to you know fruition down the line here. Um, but I'm going to do another episode this week on what a trade of Chapman could look like if that is a, a route that they are going, um, according to, you know, fan graphs and, you know, uh, prospect values and all that stuff. There's, you know, some decent talent that they could get in return for Matt Chapman. So it's not, you know, the worst. I, obviously I don't want Matt Chapman to go anywhere. I want him to retire as an A and be a hall of famer in green and gold. That would be fantastic. Uh, he's just so much fun to watch and, uh, just root for in general. But, uh, if they trade him, they're going to be getting better talent than they got for Josh Donaldson. I know that, uh, I hope that I don't know that for, for sure at all. Um, so I'll, I'll go through some names from some teams and, you know, lay out what I think would have to happen for a team to want Matt Chapman. And, uh, it's not much, but, uh, yeah, I'll get into that a little bit later in the week. And before I get out of here, uh, I posted a question on Twitter and I was like, hey, if there's no baseball, what sport are you guys going to be watching? And, uh, the NBA got the most votes and, uh, I know that the Warriors are not going to be in the new NBA, uh, you know, finale for the, uh, 2020 season. And, uh, I, I don't know who to root for. So I'm asking you guys, who should I root for as, you know, a basketball fan? I haven't watched basketball as thoroughly as I used to um, since, like, the early 2000s. Um, so I'm familiar with, like, the big names and all that stuff. I know, like, LeBron's on the Lakers, and uh, Giannis is really cool. I have a Giannis jersey because I really like Antetokounmpo. I can say Antetokounmpo, so, I mean, that means that I'm kind of a basketball fan, right? Um yeah, so, and I know that there are rumors that he could, you know, end up coming to uh, Golden State or San Francisco, and uh, yeah, all that stuff, but I don't know who to root for. I don't know who's necessarily good right now. I know that Toronto won it last year, obviously, but uh, who should I root for in basketball if there is a basketball season? Let me know at ByJasonB uh, on Twitter, so uh, yeah. That that would be lovely. I want to get more involved in other sports on social media because uh, baseball has been depressing. 
hopefully not bringing too much of that into the podcast lately, but uh, if I am, you know why. So anyways, um, yeah, that's it for today. Please follow us on social media at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. You can email us anything that you may want at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So uh, yeah, that's it for today. Uh, Stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Wear your masks, and I will talk to you guys soon.